This is Cosmic Dream Radio. You can learn more at www.luminouswork.org. Stay tuned. It's no longer National Poetry Month or National Women's Month, so let's do a poem by a woman. I'm going to read Adrian Rich. I have the collected collected poems selected poems selected anew, the fact of a door frame, uh, which I actually used in a college English class. I never super connected with Adrian Rich, but I was sort of felt maybe I would as I got older. And browsing through this, looking for something to read. I think maybe I was right, although I might not be old enough yet. So I started reading several things, and I'm really tired tonight, so uh, nothing was really sticking. And then I read a piece from later, uh, later in this collection. It's from her um, Rich's book, The Dream of a Common Language. And it's a long poem called Transcendental Etude. And it had a um, very easy rhythm to it that I felt like I fell into despite sight reading and being tired. So I'm just going to, to give you that reading of that's very unprepared. Um, at one point she says, as she gets older, she starts... Uh, The longer I live, the more I mistrust theatricality, the false glamour cast by performance, the more I know its poverty, beside the truths we are salvaging from the splitting open of our lives. So given that, I think a first reading is a good idea. I get a little lost in the middle with the mother homesickness, but I love the last section in which a woman sort of, here it is, as if a woman walks quietly away from the argument and jargon and goes to the kitchen and uh, begins making something out of calico and bits, feathers and seaweed and some new creation, some new female creation. Um... I didn't quite land the ending, which is also kind of amazing, in which the woman becomes the stone foundation, the rock shelf further forming underneath everything that grows, which is hinted to earlier on in the second section, how life is incomprehensible and it all starts with the rock shelf upon which that underlies all of life. So that's the best I can do. Moving into June, though it is still May. Samadrian Rich on Cosmic Dream Radio. Transcendental Essays. Etudes. Oh my gosh, I really am tired. It's Transcendental Etudes by Adrian Rich. The 
This August evening, I've been driving over back roads fringed with Queen Anne's lace, my car startling young deer in meadows. One gave a hoarse intake of her breath, and all four fawns sprang after her into the dark maples. Three months from today, they'll be fair game for the hit-and-run hunters, glorying in a weekend's destructive power. Triggers fingered by drunken gunmen, sometimes so inept as to leave the shattered animal stunned in her blood. But this evening, deep in summer, the deer are still alive and free, nibbling apples from early-laden boughs, so weighted, so englobed with already yellowing fruit, they seem eternal. Hesperidian, in the clear-tuned, cricket-throbbing air. Later, I stood in the dooryard, my nerves singing the immense fragility of all this sweetness, this green world already sentimentalized, photographed, advertised to death. Yet it persists, stubbornly beyond the fake Vermont of antique barn boards glazed into discotheques, artificial snow, the sick Vermont of children conceived in apathy, grown to winters of rock-gut violence, poverty gnashing its teeth like a blind cat at their lives. Still, it persists, turning off onto a dirt road, from the raw cuts bulldozed through a quiet village for the tourist run to Canada. I've sat on a stone fence above a great, soft, sloping field of musing heifers, a farmstead slanting its plains calmly in the calm light, a dead elm raising bleached arms above a green so dense with life, minute, momentary life, slugs, moles, pheasants, gnats, spiders, moths, hummingbirds, groundhogs, butterflies. A lifetime is too narrow to understand it all, beginning with the huge rock shelves that underlie all that life. No one ever told us we had to study our lives, make of our lives a study as if learning natural history or music, that we should begin with the simple exercises first and slowly go on trying the hard ones, practicing till strength and accuracy become one with the daring to leap into transcendence. Take the chance of breaking down in the wild arpeggio or faulting the full sentence of the fugue. And in fact, we can't live like that. We take on everything at once before we've even begun to read or mark time. We're forced to begin in the middle of the hardest moment, the one already sounding as we are born. At most, we're allowed a few months of simply listening to the simple line of a woman's voice singing a child against her heart. Everything else is too soon. Too sudden, the wrenching apart, that woman's heartbeat heard ever after from a distance, the loss of that ground note echoing whenever we are happy or in despair. 
Everything else seems beyond us. We aren't ready for it. Nothing that was said is true for us, caught naked in the argument, the counterpoint, trying to sight-read what our fingers can't keep up with, learn by heart what we can't even read. And yet, it is this we were born to. We aren't virtuosi or child prodigies. There are no prodigies in this real realm only a half-blind, stubborn cleaving to the tambra, the tones of what we are, even when all the texts describe it differently. And we're not performers like Liszt, competing against the world for speed and brilliance, the 79-year-old pianist said when I asked her what makes a virtuoso, competitiveness, The longer I live, the more I mistrust theatricality, the false glamour cast by performance, the more I know its poverty beside the truths we are salvaging from the splitting open of our lives. The woman who sits watching, listening, eyes moving in the darkness, is rehearsing in her body, hearing out in her blood a score touched off in her, perhaps, by some words, a few chords from the stage, a tale only she can tell. But there come times, perhaps this is one of them, when we have to take ourselves more seriously or die, when we have to pull back from the incantations, rhythms we've moved too thoughtlessly, and disenthrall ourselves, bestow ourselves to silence, or a severer listening, cleansed of oratory, formula, choruses, laments, static crowding the wires. We cut the wires, find ourselves in free fall, as if our true home were the undimensional solitudes, the rift in the great nebula. No one who survives to speak new language has avoided this, the cutting away of an old force that held her rooted to an old ground, the pitch of utter loneliness when she herself and all creation seem equally dispersed, weightless, her being a cry to which no echo comes or can ever come. But in fact, we were always like this, Rootless, dismembered, knowing it makes the difference. Birth stripped our birthright from us, tore us from a woman, from women, from ourselves. So early on, and the whole chorus throbbing at our ears like midges told us nothing, nothing of origins, nothing we needed to know, nothing that could remember us. Only that it is unnatural, the homesickness for a woman, for ourselves, for that acute joy at the shadow her head and arms cast on a wall, her heavy or slender thighs on which we lay, flesh against flesh, eyes steady on the face of love, smell of her milk, her sweat, terror of her disappearance, all fused in this hunger, for the element they have called most dangerous to be lifted, breathtaken on her breast, to rock within her. Even if beaten back, stranded against, to apprehend in a sudden brine-clear thought, trembling like the tiny, orbed, endangered egg sac of a new world. 
This is what she was to me, and this is how I can love myself, as only a woman can love me. Homesick for myself, for her, as, after the heat wave breaks, the clear tones of the world manifest, cloud, bow, wall, insect, the very soul of light, homesick as the fluted vault of desire articulates itself. I am the lover and the loved, home and wanderer, she who splits firewood and she who knocks a stranger in the storm. Two women, eye to eye, measuring each other's spirit, each other's limitless desire. A whole new poetry beginning here. Vision begins to happen in such a life, as if a woman quietly walked away from the argument and jargon in a room, and sitting down in the kitchen began turning in her lap bits of yarn, calico, and velvet scraps, laying them out absently on the scrubbed boards in the lamplight with small rainbow-colored shells sent in cotton wool from somewhere far away and skeins of milkweed from the nearest meadow, original domestic silk, the finest findings, and the dark blue petal of the petunia, and the dry dark brown lace of seaweed, not forgotten either, the shed silver whisker of the cat, the spiral of paper wasp nest curling beside the finch's yellow feather. Such a composition has nothing to do with eternity, the striving for greatness, brilliance, only with the musing of a mind, one with her body, experienced fingers quietly pushing dark against bright, silk against roughness, pulling the tenets of a life together, with no mere will to mastery, only care for the many lived, unending forms in which she finds herself, becoming now the shard of broken glass, slicing light in a corner, dangerous to flesh, now the plentiful soft leaf that wrapped around the throbbing finger soothes the wound. And now the stone foundation, rock shelf further, forming underneath everything that grows.